All right, so uh, this is what I'm going to need from you. I need your help. How many of y'all know what years or what year someone is when they say you're a boomer? You heard the phrase, okay, boomer? Y'all heard that, right? Have you ever used that phrase? You ought to be ashamed, okay? I'm just telling you, all right? There are boomers that suffer from this every day, okay? Boomers were a part of the generation that was born in between the year 1946 and 1964, 1946 and 1964, those are amongst the generation called the boomer generation. Gen Xers, which are probably some of your parents, mostly probably, just some of you probably, uh, they were born between 1965 and 1980. 1965 and 1980. And then you have millennials. That's my generation. Mad respect, Gav. I'm with you, bro. Millennials, born in 1981 all the way through 1997. 1981 through 1997. And then you come to the Gen Zers. Make some noise. That's right. You guys, one of the greatest generations. I'm just thrilled. You guys were born, most of the Gen Z categories, from 1998 all the way through 2012. Anyone born in that gap is listed as someone who is a part of the Gen Z generation, okay? And that is normally, people normally say, how do you kind of distinguish that? It's anyone who really only, their only knowledge or recollection about the event, 9-11, which was 20 years ago, you have no understanding or knowledge of it from personal experience. It's only about what you read in books or hear from parents. Is that correct? Right? But for like me, like I lived it. I remember being checked out of school when I was in elementary school. I was wanting to come home. I was like, I'm getting out early today. I get to go home and play Pokemon Snap on my Nintendo 64. You don't even know what that is. It was a game. You do? Thank you. All right. Much love. But I remember coming home and my dad was sitting in front of the TV and said, we're not playing, X- we're not playing Xbox. We're not playing Nintendo 64 today. And I was kind of bummed. I mean, we sat in front of the TV and it was just over and over chaos in our nation. And so I tell you that because that's where your line is drawn for your generation. All right, so listen, we looked through a lot of different people. You can see that there have been icons, people who have shaped history and played a role in history throughout every generation. And uh, oftentimes there's a lot of jokes right now from Gen Z where they make fun of the boomers or such or the older people, right? That is such a caring thing to do, right? That's of the older generations too. And so I get it that you have this meme template world. I said, it sounds like I said mean. I meant meme, M-E-M-E, all right? Where, what did you say? A meme and that's what it is, yes. Y'all have a, a thread, a world where you guys are all connected and that happens through school, that happens through hobbies, but happens to a lot probably through technology, especially this year with Zoom and other things that we've walked through. And so today I want to just give you a snapshot. I realize when I say the blanket of, hey, this is what Gen Z is like, or this is what Gen Z has experienced, or this is what they are going to experience down the road. I want you to realize that that is not a blanket statement that I'm saying, like you in particular, you as an individual are going to experience all of this. What it means is for your generation, these are things that are going on amongst your people, people your age. That's going to happen in Memphis. That's going to happen across Tennessee and across the United States and across the world. Your Gen Z, your, your generation is being shifted and created to look a certain way that's different than my generation and different than your parents' generation and their grandparents' generation. Like, you know what I mean? Like you are different than them.
Have you ever had moments where you'd talk to your parents or someone, or maybe somebody like, you just don't understand what I go through. I used to say it to my parents all the time, which I was very foolish because I know my parents did get it, but I, I just, I felt like there was this gap. You with me? But what I would say to you is you probably also understand fully what your parents went through in their generation. And so I would tell you this, although that there are challenges and moments where you're unsure about what, what's unique to you and what was unique to your parents, today I want to give you a couple of things that are snapshots of what a Gen Z student is going to walk through and what you're experiencing right now. And so I, my goal is into this is that you're aware of things and that you're able to adapt to them in your journey as a believer and a Christian. Does that help? Yeah, with me? So the first thing we're going to walk through is this, is money matters. For this generation, money is a really big deal. Would y'all agree? And I would say, even from your parents, your grandparents, in 2008, we went through a recession that really hit a lot of people in their homes. Maybe not to your family, but across a lot of the older generations, it hit a lot of people. And you've also seen this past year with a pandemic, where a lot of people have lost jobs or had to move jobs or looked for work or been unemployed. That's been all across our state. And then you also look at the fact that you see a lot of people in your generation that are thriving and making money. How many of you guys, I'm gonna show you a picture on the screen of someone that you probably know. Let's see, um, do you have a picture of them? Right there, anybody know who this is? Booga, all right, I'm coming over here. What do you know about Booga? Yes, in 2019, as a 16 year old, he won $3 million playing a video game called Fortnite. Ever heard of it? Yeah, what's Fortnite? Yeah, okay, I get it, yeah. Well, that's an insult. Yes, this man won $3 million. I feel like every parent was like, get your tail in your room and go play video games. You're winning some money for us, kid, right? Y'all parents do that? No, right, yeah. And why? Because your parents realize that for the vast majority of us, we probably are not going to be making $3 million playing Xbox or PS4. However, amongst your generation, you've seen people like Booga or Mr. Beast or many others who have found a lot of success on platforms, social media, other things that have driven you to think money's a big deal. Or maybe in your own home, you've seen most of the fights between maybe your parents or other people around there, your friend's parents revolve around finances. Or maybe you've looked at my generation where you've seen that we've accrued so much debt from college oftentimes. Y'all have heard about that, right? About the debt from college amongst graduated students who are looking for jobs. And you look at that and you say, hey, money's a big deal. I, wanna, I, want, I want to be rich. There's a statistic in a book I've been reading uh, for a while now, a book called The Gen Z by the Barna Institute. These guys are incredible. But one of the stats they put in there, they said this, that 43% of all Gen Zers consider personal achievement and success to be the most important aspect in their sense of self-worth. Did you hear that? I'll read it one more time. 43% of Gen Z consider personal achievement and success to be the most important aspect in their sense of self-worth. I think if I were to look around, if I were to poll people who were not in church, just normal people in your school, I would say, hey, what do you think is the most important thing that identifies who you are? What this stat says is that almost one out of every two people would say being successful, wealth, achievement, all of those things are the driving reason that they would find worth in themselves. 
Would y'all say that's an accurate statement amongst your generation? Would you say so? It's a big deal to be successful, right? What I want to encourage you with is this. The Lord is not against success. I've, my parents are, I love them to death. My mom and dad are awesome. Love them. Are they perfect? No. Are they successful? Depends on what day, but I think they're awesome all the time. Always successful, my book. One of the things I would say about this is that they don't measure their worth based on how much they make in their bank account or by what their title is at their job. Their worth is found in Jesus Christ. It says in um, James, it says, for the sun rises with its scorching heat and it withers the grass. Its beauty perishes, its flower fades. So also will the rich man be in the midst of his pursuits. And what it says is this, that just as the sun rises and zaps a sunflower that is stuck right, growing right between the concrete, right? Zaps it and kills it. Just like you would see a worm that comes out from the middle of the, the overflow, right? The overflow of the rains that slivers up on your driveway when you want to play basketball in the front yard. Anybody ever had that before? You see all these worms out there on the basketball court when you come out when it just rained? And the sun comes out and immediately the worm is zapped and killed, Right? Just like that, he says, the rich man will fade away in the midst of his pursuits. And I think it's a warning. You can look through the book of Matthew and Jesus speaks to it oftentimes, but it's a warning to not just pursue wealth and riches and success, but to find your identity, build your life on the words of Jesus Christ. That's what I would encourage this Gen Z to be aware of that and walking through that. Does that make sense? Are y'all with me there? Yeah? Another thing that's not just tracking with money matters for a Gen Z, but also, here's another big one. It's that tech Talent is a big deal amongst your generation. How many of you guys feel like you are the person that has to fix things, fix things in your home when they break? Tech stuff, right? My mom and dad were asking me the other day just to bring them an HDMI cord 45 minutes down the road. I was like, are you kidding me? Those are at every store, mom and dad. They just didn't understand how to plug in the DVD player or the, the Apple TV to the back of the TV. I was like, mom, you can help out here, no problem. You guys, as Gen Z, are so tech-driven, how many of y'all had to use Zoom during the quarantine? Anybody? Yeah. You know what was so cool, so unique this year? Where Gen Z has been the primary like tech-savvy people in the home, the quarantine really led the Gen Xers and the boomers to grow in their tech-savviness this, this past year. Big time. I know a lot of people, my mom and dad know how to, new, know how to use Zoom now, <laughs> which is a big deal, I feel like, for my, my, grand, my mom and dad. They're incredible. I would tell you, as far as tech goes, there's a big, big piece of this puzzle that matters, and that's the phone. How many of you guys, what age did many of y'all get a phone? Anybody get a phone when they were in high school for the first time? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, um, you're with me. <laughs> how old were you? 16, when you got your first phone. Anybody in eighth grade get their phone for the first time? Yeah, I, yeah you did? Yeah, right here, a couple of you. Uh, I was in eighth grade whenever I got my phone for the very first time. Did anyone get their phone before they ever got to middle school, fifth grade? One, two, couple. My goodness, look around the room. Look how many people got their phone before fifth grade. And I'm not, I'm not saying this to boast or brag. I'm saying this, 16 right here. Eighth grade, right here. There were others in this room who got it when they were in fifth grade, fourth grade, or before. Tech is becoming much more a part of our everyday life, all the time. And I'll be honest, for a student, the one way my parents always grounded me was taking away my phone. You ever been there before? 
Yeah, I, it was like detrimental to my life. Whenever they took away my phone, I felt like. Now I'm almost grateful if someone would take away my phone for a little bit. I'm like, I enjoy the, the get away from it. But what I'm telling you is this, is that the phone has become almost an extension of who we are in a lot of ways. This thing tells us when to do things, where to go places, how to do them. It's constantly buzzing in a pocket or while we're working, distracting us. Oftentimes when people wake up, the first thing they do is they grab their phone and start scrolling to see what they missed overnight in the last eight hours. Or when they're getting ready for bed, they grab their phone and they spend hours looking at the screen before they go back to bed. Anyone ever been guilty of that before? Yeah. Do you ever feel guilty? Do you ever do that and you feel like you've just wasted it? You feel like, you feel almost like you, you wasted part of what was good in your day just now. You ever felt that way where you just like feel this guilt or this like dissatisfaction after being on this for a long time? Anybody with me? Give me a good head nod if you're really with me. Because I've been there many times, many times. I remember Hunter Reich, he told up on stage just a little bit ago, he said, my dad, every night I would go home, I would go back into the room and say, good night, mom and dad. And he would see his dad doing what? Y'all can say it louder. It's okay. Reading the Bible. Yeah. In Joshua chapter one, verse eight, he says, man, if you're going to have success in all that you do, you must obey all that I've commanded you. He says, you must meditate on the law day and night. Psalm 1, verse 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the way of the wicked, stands in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of God. And on his law, he meditates day and night. I'll tell you that, students, because here's the deal. Technology is not going anywhere. It's going to continue to ramp up. And I'm going to be honest, some of you right now in this room are probably rest with, I want a phone, and my parents haven't given me a phone. Look at me. If I were a parent right now, if I had a teenager right now, I would not give them probably an iPhone, in my opinion, for as long as possible. If they got any phone, it would be a flip phone. It probably wouldn't be until maybe eighth grade I would ever even think about giving it to them. And if I did, it wouldn't even be till later on until I gave it even beyond an iPhone. And I would hold off on social media as long as possible. And the problem is, here's the thing. Many of you, if you have been given a phone, you know the traps and the temptations and the dangers that come with having this device in your pocket or at your disposal at all times. You know what I mean? Like it's a challenge. Sometimes we think we want this so bad, but when we get it, we realize that mom and dad were probably right. Something just fell. Y'all just looked at it. This is mom and dad were probably right in holding off longer. So I would tell you this. If your mom and dad are wrestling with giving you a phone for a season or to a certain date, as your youth pastor, I please, 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 I exhort you, trust your parents. They are looking out for your soul. They're not trying to keep you boxed in. They are trying to allow you to have the freedom and the innocence and the purity that comes with being a student right now and devoting your heart to the Lord first and foremost while you are still growing and maturing. I promise so one, tech is not going anywhere. Be delayed as much as you can in trying to expose yourself to those things. Trust your parents. And I would say this last part, as you see yourself tempted to devote it to time with screens, whether it be Xbox, TVs, phones, I would encourage you with this. Here's the big one. Devote your heart to the Lord day and night. Allow the Lord to speak truth over you. When you wake up in the morning, don't grab your phone first. 
Grab your the word of God. Man, when you go to bed at night, don't spend hours binging the new Netflix series or playing Fortnite to win your $3 million. I encourage you to take a moment to just sit with the Lord and allow him to speak truth in your life. When I went on a mission trip to the Philippines, my whole goal that whole summer, I left my phone and everything for two months back at home and I took the word of God with me. And every morning I woke up, I would go to the Bible and every night when I would go to bed, I would go to the Bible. And that sounds so simple. I didn't have to read for a long time because I was so tired at the end of the day. But I remember I would read a little bit and, and the Lord was just so good. He was setting my mind on a right course. And when I came back to the States, I remember I made it my goal to not have my phone next to me when I would wake up in the morning, when I would go to bed at night. I would take it, I put my alarm and everything all the way across the room in another spot to where that whenever I put this down to go to bed at night, I had a book or the Bible next to my bedside. I can't tell you to do that all the time every day in your life, but I'm telling you, you ought to put up guards in your life to where that this is not the consumption. Do you know that most students spend, I got a, I got a stat for you, I don't want to give it to you wrong, let me give it to you. Over 50% of students between ages 13 and 18 spend over four hours a day looking at screens. 26% of that same age, age 13 to 18, spend over eight hours a day in front of screens. Isn't that crazy? You ever get your screen report of how much time you spent? Isn't that always more than you thought? You're like, wait a second, how did I get to that many hours? You're like, four hours a day. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, what in the world? I'm just telling you, students, the more you can guard and create separation right now, it's going to set you up for success down the road. That's a hard thing to put into practice. I get it. I feel like right now, most teenagers, Gen Zers, are ramping up in their use of technology. That's not a bad thing. I just want to give you caution in how you spend your time with it. If you're using it, using it for good, not using it just to binge out for a while and using it for the glory of the Lord, for purity. So here's another one, tech talent. What's, what's my encouragement? I would encourage you to not devote all your time to tech, to screen time, but devoting it to the Lord. I wanna spend, I've got one more graphic for you real quick. Quit throw this on the screen. This is the Gen Z on Gen Z screen time. 13% of all teens ages 13 to 21, 13% say they don't think it matters how much time they spend on screens. 13% say they don't think it matters at all. However, 25% say that my generation spends just the right amount of time on screens. So out of Gen Z, 25, one out of four people say they spend the right amount of time on screens. But here's the big one. My generation, 60% says my generation spends too much time on screens. Out of this room, do you feel like your generation spends too much time on screens? What would y'all say? I think so. I think my generation spends too much time on screens. And for me, as a personal believer, walk, someone walking with the Lord, I want to guard how I use my time and how I devote it. So just be aware. I just want you to be aware as a Gen Zer, that's a big obstacle, a big hurdle and a trap for your generation that you just got to guard against. Okay. Does that make sense? So the next one, not just tech talent or money, but also is this, is that you are individually as a generation, you are individually inclusive in a lot of ways. So let me give you some stats here. No longer do students deal with the racial tensions that previous generations oftentimes dealt with, which can I just say is a home run for your generation. Amen. It is a huge win. Also amongst your generation, 48% of Gen Z 
is non-Caucasian. 48% of your generation is non-Caucasian. This is the most diverse generation to ever live on this planet. How cool is that? It's pretty incredible, right? I'm stoked about that. That's a big one for me. I would also say that your generation no longer sees people or has done a better job of not seeing people through the lens of skin color or social status or hometown or any of that, but you see people for who they are. There's a, a scale or a lens that is no longer present amongst your generation where you see people just for the person in front of them. Which, can I just say, I just want you to know, that is such a win for Gen Z. You guys are awesome for that. I would also tell you that you don't just see people that way, but you also see like gender that way. Like it used to be a situation where mostly it was men who went to college. The majority of people who went to college were men, but right now women are far outpacing the men who go to college right now. Way to go, women. Yeah. Y'all can clap for the ladies. It's cool. I think it's cool. It's a big win. There you go. I think about also, you also are, are looking at people from a different perspective that says, hey, anybody can lead or be used in a mighty way. So I got a couple of people I want to put on the screen who have actually shaped your, your perception. One of them is Ray. Yo. Hey, you've seen it throughout a lot of movies, but the main actor has become no longer just Peter Parker or Tony Stark or Frodo Baggins or Harry Potter, but now it's the Hermione's of this generation and the Rays of this generation, right? Who are leading the charge and saying that women are awesome and incredible and can lead, which is just so cool amongst your generation as well. Next picture we got here is Wonder Woman, all right? Big fan, but she has led the charge, showing that women are strong and powerful and incredible. It's just so cool to see. And then the next one I've got right here for you is all of your favorite princesses that you all grew up with, yeah? No? Hey, I'm a big fan. I'm a real big fan of, of this. I would just tell you this, that for your generation, you have seen that each one of you are able to be used in a mighty way, that God can use you no matter where you come from or who you are. I think that it's because of this. I think one of the reasons for a believer that it's not rooted just in individualistic, like pull up your bootstraps and go I think for the Christian, you must be cautious of that, of thinking that you've got it all together and that you can do something. As I would tell a believer amongst Gen Z who's looking at the diversity around you, the reason you are able to do what all the Lord has called you to do is because he is the one who has the power that has equipped you to do it. What does Matthew 8, or 28, 18 through 20 say? Anyone know that verse? Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Do you want to quote it for us? Go therefore and make disciples. Yeah, go therefore, make disciples, preach preaching to them the good news of the gospel to all nations, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always. The verse that comes right before that, he gives this great mission. The verse that comes before that is this, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. Therefore, go. One of the reasons I'll tell you that is because I believe for believers, you ought to look at it from a lens of saying, hey, I am able to minister and do whatever the Lord's called me to because I've been clothed in the power of God. Acts, 8, Acts 1, 8 says this, you'll be my disciples in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The Lord has set his heart on all nations, all people. And he uses people of all generations and all backgrounds and all ethnicities 
to be used for impacting the world. It's such an incredible way the Lord has chosen to use us. I would challenge you in this, that no matter where you come from, to realize that the Lord is going and wants to include you in his mission. The fourth thing I want to share with you today is this, not just that there's individually inclusiveness about you guys or that there's the fact that money's a big deal to you guys. You got to manage that well. And that tech is a big deal amongst your generation. But the last one is this, that there has been a moral migration amongst Gen Z. And this is a big one. What do birds do during the winter? What do they do? They fly south, right? When different seasons come, they migrate to new places. And right now we've entered into a place right now amongst your generation where, I'll be honest, the climate has made it to where following Jesus is a real challenge. And honestly, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. I remember whenever, well, I don't remember this part, but this is from my parents. Abortion was legalized in our United States of America. Roe v. Wade. I do remember when I was on a bus coming back from Beach Week, whenever I got the news in June, I believe it was like 2016, they said that homosexual marriage has been legalized in America. I remember whenever marijuana use for recreational use was legalized um, in multiple states in 2016. Right, it was 2017, I can't remember which one, but I remember that. You guys didn't pass those laws. That was, that was the generations before you that didn't uphold the moral compass of this country. However, you are walking among a, among a lot of people who have very little moral compasses that lead them in the same direction as the people around them. Oftentimes, people will have this, their own umbrella of beliefs, and they would say, hey, as long as I can believe what I want, it doesn't inflict or have conflict with the person in front of me, then I'm okay. So I can believe what I want, but as soon as I get over here next to maybe someone else who believes something different, oh man, well, what's right for you is right for you, and what's right for me is right for me. Have you ever heard that before? You can believe however you want to, Kenan, but I'm gonna believe how I want to, and this is truth for me. There used to be in this nation a moral compass that would lead us where we would say, hey, this is right and this is wrong. And there was a, a general consensus that would say that is one, like we would all be in agreement. But right now across our nation, there seems to be a, a lot. It's almost like we have thrown all the ingredients in the closet into the soup and just mix it all up. And so you pick out what you want to eat and you can have that part for you and you can pick out this part for you. Whatever you want for you works for you and works for, works for me, works for me. There is no longer a moral compass that is leading and guiding the beliefs and the morals and the integrity and the character amongst your generation. You can get on YouTube and you're going to see a variety of different voices that are Gen Zers that have different opinions and different beliefs that dictate what they do. You can go to your school and you can sit in a classroom with a variety of people from different backgrounds who are all going to believe different views and different beliefs. I would challenge you as you're walking through this is that you've got to come up with a strong foundation of what you believe. And it can't be built around what one of your 20 celebrities on the wall say. It can't be compromised or built around what a teacher perhaps says or what a textbook says. Those are all things you take into account. But your foundation of what you believe in and live on is rooted in what? What is it? 
the word of God. It's got to be the word of God. If you are not building your life on the firm foundation of truth, you will be like a, <laughs> a wave of a seed that is driven and tossed by the wind. And when it blows one way, man, you'll go with it. And when it blows another, you'll go with it. And if you're going to be like the man who built his life on the sand, that when the storms came, when the rains came, he was washed away. He was the foolish man who had no truth and no real integrity, no foundation built. But the one who built his life on the words of Jesus was like someone who built his life on the rock. And that all he did, no matter, no matter what came his way, his house stood firm. It stood strong and it stood tall because it was rooted on the foundation of Jesus. He says, Jesus says, anyone who hears my words and obeys them is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. I encourage you students, you're gonna hear a lot of opinions among your generation. I had a lot of opinions among my generation. My parents have had a lot of opinions among their generation. But right now, the pendulum has swung very far. And it is up to you as an individual amongst your generation to lead the charge in determining what you believe and how that is gonna impact the way you live. Does that make sense? Y'all with me? I would encourage you, the last thing I'm going to say is this. I'm going to go to Psalm, I believe it's, is it 87, 78? 78. This is what it says. It says, give ear, O my people, to the teaching. Incline your ears to my word, to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. Many sayings that the generation above us told us this. We will not hide these truths from our children, but tell them to the coming generation, the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He has established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children. That the what? The next generation, y'all can say it, that the what? Might know them, the children, yet unborn, this is coming out the next generation even, and arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep the commandments. And that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. You have a chance to play a key part in history. What would your generation be like? How will you lead the way? How will you be a voice among your generation? How will you shape your generation? Will you build your life on the word of God? Will you obey it? Will you set your hope in it? Will you delight in it? And will you allow that to change the way you live your life? Y'all with me? Y'all think y'all can do that? That's what I want you to do. I want you to get into pockets of about four or five. We got just a few minutes left before you finish up. I want you to get in a group together real quick, four or five together, circle up. I'm going to ask you this question. What is one way that you can help shape and direct a difference amongst your generation? We've talked about the money side. We've talked about the tech side. We've talked about the being inclusive side. And we've talked about as well the moral side. I want you to talk about what's one way you can start today helping change and shape your generation for the better. Okay? You guys are awesome. I just want to say, your generation is amazing. We love Gen Z here at Bellevue, and you're going to be the leaders of this next 
leadership in our church. Like you are going to be the shoulders that are going to stand on ours into the days ahead. And so we want to help guide and direct what that looks like. So take a moment right now and talk about what it looks like for you to practically shape your generation for the better right now. Okay, take about three, four minutes to discuss and then we'll pull back together. All right, guys, we got about uh, two minutes. I want to hear some answers from you guys. What are some, uh, what are some things you mentioned about Gen Z that you want to help shape? Yeah. Share the gospel more. That's huge amongst your generation. Yeah. Seeing people get saved. What else? What's some other things you mentioned? Oh, yeah, right here. Come on, Zachary. Yeah. Yeah, man, utilizing your social platforms, maybe not to just elevate um, our own self, but also the others around you. Yeah. Yeah, there's such a great way to be able to say, hey, this is a challenge. I, I may disagree with you. I may believe that that may not be correct, but I, I know what the Bible says about it as well, and I'm going to try to navigate through this with love and how, to, how do I communicate that? Because y'all have seen that done poorly, right? You've seen people have a disagreement or say this is, this is wrong and then do it in a very hard and crucial way. It's not out of the real love that Daniel talked about. What else? Yeah, right there, Kenan. What's up? Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. I'm telling you, um, yeah, that's so good. I wish I could talk more about that. That's so good, yeah. Well, listen, I appreciate y'all being a part of the Gen Z conversation. I, I want you to continue to talk about this with your friends down the road about your generation because you are going to be leaders among them. You're, you're walking into it eyes wide open, realizing what are the hurdles in front of you, what are the things that your generation is going to thrive in, and how you can find success in the Lord throughout all of that, Okay.